Hi, welcome to Eurocron. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Eurocron is a podcast where we chronicle extraordinary people and their extraordinary stories. Our goal is simple, entertain, inspire, educate, and at times humor our audience while our guests build their audio legacy. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. We welcome to your Kron two gentlemen who I personally have the utmost respect for, and I'm so proud to be speaking with them on this podcast, Deputy Jesse Zamaripa, and also with us, Constable Wayne Thompson. Constable Thompson is currently the Precinct 3 Constable for Fort Bend County, and Jesse is currently running for the same position. Both of these gentlemen are with us to discuss why it is important to elect Jesse Zamaripa for the Fort Bend Precinct 3 Constable position currently held by Constable Thompson. Gentlemen, thank you for your service, first of all, and welcome to your crime. Thank you for having us. No, thank you for having us, appreciate it. Of course. Wayne, let's start with you. Um, Tell us about your career in law enforcement, when you got started, and why. Sure, Scott, thanks again for having us on the show tonight. It's an honor to be on your program and and for you to take the time to talk to us about this very serious subject of the elections coming up. Uh, I started my public safety career in 1992. And at that time, I joined the Texas Army National Guard at the age of 17 on my 17th birthday. And my parents signed the documents so that I could uh, do that. And I enlisted the junior summer going into my senior year. And I was also the first Cadet Corps Commander at Kempner High School in Fort Bend ISD of their Air Force Junior ROTC unit. So just an interesting tidbit, I wore the Air Force uniform during the the week at school, at high school, and then I put on the Army uniform for my weekend drills in Bryan College Station. Uh, I was enlisted as a combat medical specialist, so I finished my senior year at high school and then uh, performed my military training. When I got done with that, I attended the fire academy and then uh, finished my civilian paramedic certification, which kind of coincided with the combat medical specialist rating. And then you can't be a law enforcement officer until you're 21. So I, I did the fire and EMS thing for several years until I was able to go to the police academy. I did that. and. Uh, at the end of my term, which is one year from now, it'll complete 28 years of um, public safety service for me between fire EMS and law enforcement. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, are you a native Fort Bend resident? Uh, I was born in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm extremely proud of, but have been here pretty much my entire life. Right. So 17 years old, you walk in and tell your parents, I want to be in the National Guard. What was their reaction? Well, they certainly... Uh, you know, they knew where my heart was as a, as a servant. And I had actually made the decision, um, neither my mom or dad were in the military, but, but both of my grandfathers were on both sides, which wasn't uncommon during the period of World War II. And um, my mother's father was a combat medic. And so that's kind of what got me interested in it. Uh, I had attended sessions at Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas for middle school. 
And then I had three years of Navy ROTC at Clements when I was selected to go to the Air Force program as the first Cadet Corps commander in 1992. So they had a pretty good idea of, of where I was headed. And so I'm sure it's difficult for anyone's parents to make the decision to essentially sign their child over to the government. But they knew where my heart was and where I wanted to, to be in life and what I wanted to accomplish. And um, they did it with full support. And I, on my 17th birthday, July 1st, I was at the military entrance processing station in downtown Houston. And my uh, ROTC instructor, who was a lieutenant commander retired in the U.S. Navy, actually got to swear me in on my birthday. Oh, that's wonderful. So at any point, especially when you were getting started, uh, shining shoes and all that stuff, did, you, did it cross your mind, um, maybe I should try something else? You know, I really never had a second thought about it. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, been in uniform for quite some time since mm-hmm. since middle school, and uh, the, the smell of uh, shoe polish and Kiwi shoe polish <laughs> and, and Brasso had become very familiar to me and almost comforting in a way, which is strange. But uh, I always told people in the military, especially in basic training, the time that you usually weren't being messed with was a little bit in the evening where you had time to maybe write letters and shine your shoes and brass. And so I always kind of found that as, a, as an odd comfort. Yeah. And so how did that crossover uh, from the military to law enforcement, how did military training prepare you for that mm-hmm. crossover? Certainly uh, the law enforcement in today's society is a paramilitary organization in that it is a has a leadership and supervisory structure much like the military. Obviously we wear uniforms like the military. And um, we have a hierarchy system. We also have that same kind of brotherhood uh, that you might find in the military with law enforcement and EMS and the, and the fire service, too. So the military actually is a, is a very good preceptor if you have the opportunity to do that before you can get into law enforcement to prepare you for that. The discipline, self-discipline, loyalty, honor, service, country, and um, just being a, a servant is, is something that you do in the military on a daily basis. As you know, you're certainly not doing, doing it for the, the monetary uh, reward. You're doing it more for um, yourself and, and then also for the others out there that you're serving. Jesse. Yes. <laughs> 23 years ago, you sold your business to become a peace officer. That is quite a career change. What motivated you to do so? I used to own a small restaurant. And during that time, I would have several police officers come to the restaurant and sit with me and eat. And I would talk to them about stories. And they would talk to me about their stories. And I was always asked by them, why don't you join the law enforcement? And part of me, because my father, uh, he died before I was born, was a police officer in Mexico. He was killed in in line of duty. Oh, sorry, that kind of gets me every time. Sure. Uh, so it was in my blood the whole time. Meeting these gentlemen at the restaurant, them always coming in, seeing how they would get along, how they had each other's back, it just brought something out in me. It gave me chills, as you can see. I know they can't see, but they, it gives me chills every time. And these guys would always say, hey, why don't you uh, join the academy? I'm like, oh, I'm doing fine. You know, I like the restaurant business. I'm doing good. Part of me does want to do it, but I wasn't ready at the time. As time went by, I kept on seeing everything. And I just, one day, talking to my wife, and I said, hey, I got this feeling. I just want to do this. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but 
I think now is the time to do this. I want to serve the public. Mm-hmm. So I joined the academy, graduated, uh, graduated with honors, also got an award uh, while I was in there, uh, became real close to my instructor. Uh, at that point, I decided to join Princeton Ford Constable's office as a reserve at that point. The, the more I got into it, the more I saw I wanted more and more. That's when I decided to, in order for me to give 100% of myself, I needed to sell my business, which was doing excellent, by the way, and join law enforcement, which I knew was going to be a big pay cut, but it was all right with me. So I sold the business and went to work as a reserve. At that time, I wanted more, so I applied to the Fort Bend County Sheriff's Office, and I've been there ever since for 23 years. How much of the connection um, with your dad being in law enforcement, how much did that play into your decision? Was there something about carrying on his legacy or anything like that 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 came into play for you, or, or was it mostly just hearing your customers talking about what they did and that? that type of thing or maybe a little of both it was a little bit of both Mm -hmm. i felt it inside and i thought about it quite a bit and i thought about him i heard the stories how he was uh he protected the president of mexico quite a bit and Mm -hmm. uh when these guys came around the more i got close to them i felt like them and i couldn't fight that feeling anymore as much as i wanted to suppress it and and just keep it down i couldn't and these guys just came around made me feel like a brother and i wanted more and i the stories they would tell me about how they would serve the people protect people they would go into buildings and uh there was either fights or something was going on and they would save somebody's life i wanted to be a part of that and that's what it made me do this and made me just say hey you know what this is what i'm going to do from now on i want to help people and this is what I want to do. The common common theme I hear there is is serving, just serving, serving and protecting. Yeah, Wayne. Let's talk about what a constable does and what their what is their authority and jurisdiction. So, sure. um, can you talk yeah, about certainly. that? Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is one of the probably about twelve or thirteen states that. Uh, has a constable's office in the United States. And so you kind of have to have a quick history lesson to understand law enforcement and where we came from and and where we are today. So of course, you know, our heritage in in the United States obviously comes from Britain. And uh, even to this day, they have constables and their constables are basically our version of street cops. And uh, so when we Uh, obviously became the United States and colonized and we had to have some law enforcement and much like other things we did borrow from our English heritage and there were constables appointed to keep the peace and enforce the the local colonial laws and then as time went on uh, we found that uh, more and more states obviously were setting up their uh, statehoods and, and becoming uh, their own jurisdictions, and they needed their law enforcement as well. So uh, in Texas, uh, the constables were the first form of law enforcement established in 1823 
which is actually even before the office of the sheriff even existed. Hmm. So not only is it the oldest form of law enforcement in the world as we know it, but it's also the oldest form of law enforcement in Texas. And then several years later, the office of the sheriff was established. And, and at that time, the constables were actually the ones that, that did most of the law enforcement. And the sheriff was there to establish a jail and to retain those people who had been arrested. Uh, now you fast forward, and of course, we've got city police departments and uh, sheriff's office, constable's office, DPS, Texas Rangers, and just about every kind of law enforcement you can think of. But uh, in Texas, the, the constable... Usually there are several precincts in a county. Fort Bend has four precincts. So uh, the Constitution requires that each county have at least one and only elected sheriff. And then uh, each county must also have an elected constable. However, they may have an elected constable for each precinct up to eight. You cannot have more, but you must have one. So you must have one elected sheriff and one elected constable. Uh, again, F Fort Bend County has four precincts, so we have one sheriff, as we are required to, and we have four constables, one for each precinct. And uh, that kind of gives you a quick background of the constable's offices. Our jurisdiction and authority is the same as the sheriff. Even though we are in a precinct, which is a, a you know area that's carved out on a map, uh, our jurisdiction is countywide, so we are considered a county elected official we are able to enforce all the laws throughout the entirety of the county just like the sheriff would the main difference is the sheriff is still constitutionally responsible to maintain the county jail as they were first established to do and the constables are constitutionally required to be the enforcement arm of the jp courts justice of the peace courts we also are required to provide safety and security for those courts through having a, a deputy bailiff and then we have other services such as patrol and investigations and numerous other law enforcement activities that you would see at any other law enforcement agency. Mm -hmm. And so how does the communication work between constables and sheriffs? Do you meet frequently or do you discuss issues countywide? How does that, that sort of chain of command and communication work? Well, uh, you know, I think it brings out a good point. You know, the uh, the fact that you mentioned chain of command, there there is actually not a, the, the sheriff is not above or below the constable. So mm -hmm. the constable and the sheriff are both constitutionally elected offices. So we don't answer to the sheriff. He doesn't answer to us. We don't answer to the, the uh, commissioners and they don't answer to us. I answer to the voters which is why I wanted to do that job, because uh, I wanted to be able to form a law enforcement agency and, and shape it and mold it into a very progressive and proactive agency. And um, quite frankly, that's what the voters elected me for. So we do communicate. We do have quarterly meetings where we'll get together with the sheriff and the police chiefs and the other constables and agency heads, DPS, and communicate. But we don't answer to them and they don't answer to us. We answer to the voters. Yeah. So... I guess just for sake of an example, maybe um, talk about an issue that maybe the constables and, and the sheriffs don't agree on. Sure. And, yeah. and, and so if there is no hierarchy or reporting authority to that sense, how do you work through those issues? Well, sometimes there is some difficulty with that. It just depends on, on how well folks will work with each other and elected officials all have their own uh, own plan, but I, I'll put it to you this way, and, and let me give you, and, and Jesse will probably expand on this in a, 
in a few minutes. Precinct 3 is uh, a very large precinct, and um, we have a large population that's growing very, very fast. And my thought is this, you know, if you believe in local government and, and not big government, you know, the sheriff's office is a large organization. It's kind of like the army, you know, and this is where we started this conversation at. And when you have the army, there's a lot of big wheels and cogs that turn and things can get lost. And, you know, they, they, they have a big picture that they have to focus on. But I am the more closely elected official to the people. And as an example, I give my cell phone number out on social media to, to all of the folks that live in our area, which is to about 270,000 people, and they can call me and they can walk into my office. And it's unlikely that you're going to be able to do that with the sheriff because they've got a lot of things on their plate. So I try to focus on the things that the community has told us they're having a problem with. So, for instance, in my administration, that's been uh, traffic enforcement and uh, mobility. Uh, human trafficking, gang activity, and things like that that we focused on that, you know, sure, there's a sheriff's office, but they have a lot of things to take care of. So I, I'm there to be able to fill in the gaps to what the local community is, is asking for and needing. Okay, so I have to ask, 270,000 people have access to your cell phone. Right. It goes off all the time. So um, when I ran for office. Uh, That's commitment there, sir. Yeah. yeah. When I ran for office um, and I took office January 1st of 2017, I firmly believed that the people that are voting for me need to have access to me as their elected official. So I made the decision to make my personal cell phone available the entire time during the campaign. And when I was elected, I sent it out on Nextdoor and Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, there's people in France that have my cell phone number. But, um, you know, I would tell you that it is a sacrifice that is made. And, and yes, my phone goes off at two in the morning and sometimes I get text messages. But I truly believe that if you are elected, that the people should have access to you and they should be able to call you with concerns or problems. And, and that is a choice that I made. And it comes at some peril for personal life and family life, but uh, uh, it's, it's something that the people really appreciated. And in my first year, of course, we had Hurricane Harvey, and uh, I think that a lot of people took comfort in the fact that they know they could call me directly during that time and have something addressed. And, and I had parents that were calling from out of state for, for me to go and have a deputy check on their children too, or grandparents that lived down here. So um, it's a sacrifice, but that's why I did this job and that's why I ran for office. Jesse, you, you've obviously worked with uh, Wayne for a number of years in Precinct 3. You start off in Precinct 4. So what, what's it been like working in Precinct 3? compared to precinct four there's a huge difference back in the day when i first started in law enforcement when i was at precinct four the training was minimal it was two weeks riding with somebody showing you what area they covered and they showed you a little bit of officer safety and that was going to be it next thing you knew two weeks later i had keys to a car you know, I rolled around the neighborhood, did some traffic stops, did this, did that, but I was missing something. I felt like I was missing something. And at that point, when I made a decision to go to the sheriff's office, because they were bigger at that time, that was back in 1997. 
So I made the move to go to the sheriff's office and get more training. And I've been there for the 23 years. And while I was there, I've obtained the highest masterpiece officer license you can get. So I've gone through a lot of training uh, in law enforcement. Coming back to now, uh, I met Wayne in 2008. The 2008 is when I met him. I was running for office. He was running for office at the same time. And we became friends. We started talking. We had the same ideas. We talked about how we wanted to be uh, available for the public and we wanted to do more because at that time, we both felt that the current constable that was there in Precinct 3 was not doing enough. It, it was my opinion that he just wanted to keep low profile, the least people saw of him, the least they knew of him. So when it came to election, nobody would know the difference. Safe to say he didn't give out a cell phone number. Yeah, it was safe to say. <laughs> so during the, during the 2008 elections, I, I didn't succeed in beating the current constable. I uh, gave it all I had, and we were going to give it another try. Come 2012, they redid the lines. So I was bumped off. And the funny story was that we both lived, lived in the same neighborhood. I didn't know that at the time, but of course, with time, we discovered that we both lived in the same neighborhood. So somehow, the lines got restructured, and we both got moved out of the districts. I stayed in, in uh, at that point, it was District uh, Precinct 4, and Wayne Thompson moved out to Precinct 3. In 2016, Wayne Thompson ran for office, and we still communicated. He calls me and says, hey, what do you plan to do? I said, well, since you're running, I'll let you go ahead and take it. <laughs> he goes, will you support me? And I'm like, yes, I'll support you as a previous candidate that ran for office. So as time went and he ran, he ran a strong campaign and he won. Uh, from my understanding, they, they, he wins and uh, that's when he takes, uh, takes office. During that time that he has been in office, everything he said he was gonna do, he's done. He's made sure that his people have the proper training, that they know what they're doing. Not only that, but I've seen, because we're based out of the same office, the sheriff's office, the constable's office, which is a substation, is in the same building. And I've seen what he's been doing. I've uh, been keeping track with him, I call him, he picks up every time I call. He, uh, if he doesn't pick up, he returns the call. He tells me, he texts me, hey Jesse, I'm kinda busy right now, I'll call you back, and he does. He returns the call. And we discuss things, and I've seen the work he's done, the growth that he's done. And to be honest with you, if he wasn't retiring, there's no chance I would go against this guy. He's a good guy. He is a hard worker. Uh, so everything he stands for, worth it, ethic, I stand for the same thing. And that's why I wanted to step in and fill the shoes that he's leaving behind. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some of those programs that that you've started, Wayne, and and we heard from Jesse uh, what the way he sees Precinct Three uh, being different from where he's worked before. How's Precinct Three today different from the other precincts? Sure. In your words, yeah, yeah. So um, as we've kind of talked about a little bit, Precinct Three is one of the fastest growing 
precincts in Fort Bend County. And in fact, Fort Bend County is one of the fastest growing counties in the, in the nation right now. So just to give you a little snapshot of, of precinct three, we have about 272 square miles in my precinct. And in that 272 square miles, we have about 270,000 people. Of course, we're, we're it's, it's approximation right now because we're getting closer to the census time. We'll have a little bit better idea, but, but we know it's somewhere around that, 270,000 people. And that this precinct, we have five cities that are covered in our precinct, and we have three school districts. So you can see right there that it's quite large. Fulcher is one of the cities in my precinct, and, and the year before last, it was like the third fastest growing city in the United States. So what makes us different is the fact that even though we have five cities in that 272 square miles, 95% of precinct three is unincorporated meaning that it is not in a city limits. So we have Fulcher, Katy, Sugarland, Weston Lakes, and the city of Simonton that are all incorporated in our precinct. Out of those, though, even with those five cities, 95% gets county law enforcement service, which means they're not covered by a police department. As an example, Weston Lakes actually contracts with our agency for their law enforcement service. Katy has their own police. Fulcher has their own police. And the area of Sugarland that we cover, which is Sugar Creek, has their own. But everywhere else out here, Cinco Ranch, uh, Lakes of Bellaterra, all these other areas that people live in get their law enforcement service from us or the sheriff's office. And that's what really makes our precinct different. Precinct 1 which is largely in Richmond, Rosenberg, and Needville, where their population lives, they all have their own law enforcement. They all have their own city police departments. Precinct 4, which is the rest of Sugarland that we don't cover, has Sugarland Police Department. And Precinct 2 is largely in the city limits of Missouri City and the city of Houston. So they have law enforcement services that are already provided, whereas most of our residents don't. So they might have a Katy address or Richmond address, but they are not getting city services from those areas. Mm. So services like fire, EMS, and law enforcement come from us. And that's really what makes us different. So the other constable's offices, they do have the, the uh, necessity like we do to serve the orders of the court, the civil processes, the, the writs, the, the uh, civil sales. Um, sometimes you'll deal with uh, those businesses that may be in bankruptcy where you have to take property back and those kind of things. That's part of our job. But our precinct is mainly patrol. So we have a, a small civil division, and I have the second largest county law enforcement agency in Fort Bend other than the sheriff's office. So we have a huge footprint in the community out there patrolling and fighting crime, which is historically... Uh, not what the the constable's offices have done in Fort Bend. They've generally stuck to paperwork and uh, some very light uh, criminal criminal interdiction. So I want to speak to the programs that we've started because you you brought that up. Yes, please. Uh, in my time, and Jesse had talked about this before. The previous constable, who when I took office, had been there 28 years. So he was pretty set in his ways and had his own philosophy and, and that wasn't really to get the hands dirty. It was kind of smile and wave and, and that kind of thing. In that time, we've taken an agency that had uh, vehicles that were being used that were not police rated. They were pickup trucks. They were not conducive to law enforcement. 
that the deputies had uniforms on that didn't even match the, the, the graphics on the car. They had <laughs> one star on a car and a different kind of oval badge on the uniforms. So uh, we took that and we changed the morale. We, we gave them something to be proud of. We, cha- we got them into law enforcement vehicles, which is the uh, special package Tahoe's. We redid the graphics, and not for vanity purposes for me, but to give them something to be proud of, much like a military uniform. We redid their uniforms and badges. We also gave them the best training possible. So before the constable's offices were very minimal on their training, we made sure all of our guys got to active shooter classes and, and, and real courses that could help them on the streets. In this time, we've taken an agency that did virtually nothing and had a 50% turnover rate every year, which was almost 25 people, to losing only about three or four people in the three years that I've been in office so far. We've enacted our own special weapons and tactics team, uh, which is a SWAT team. Uh, The sheriff's office does does have one, but I contend that uh, when you have a team that's on the other side of Brazos River in, in Rosenberg, if we have an incident in Katy, someone needs to be able to be there if there's a school shooting. We have our own honor guard now. We have our own district patrols, which we used to not have. We would have contract patrols, but we have district patrols. We also have the first um, uh, program for drone, the drone use. We have a drone operator and a drone available if we're looking for lost kids or criminals that have escaped or whatever the case is. We have instituted a traffic enforcement division, which is gonna be a motorcycle deputy that starts this month. We have the only county full-time investigator solely for animal cruelty crimes. And so our agency does that countywide. And then we have instituted several other programs too that I'm sure we'll talk about here shortly and, and, and maybe Jessica can chime in on some of those. But we, we have taken a dormant office and agency and, and have become a major force for good to kind of steal the Navy saying uh, for, for Precinct 3 to where now people call us they want our deputies out there to deal with their problems. Um, we've taken on human trafficking, we've taken on gangs, we've taken on prostitution, we've taken on these issues that have historically been either neglected by other agencies or denied that they existed in our area. Yeah, that's a wonderful list of accomplishments. So, um, yeah, uh, Jesse, that that's a good idea. I wanna hear uh, some of your thoughts about some of the programs um, that Wayne has started, and um, the the first ninety days, I think, on any new job are, are some of the most critical to get things off to a good start. And and uh, have you thought about that? Uh, about what you would do to, especially in the first first few months of, of um, being a constable, what you would do, uh, perhaps to to carry on some of Wayne's programs and to maybe implement some of your own. Well, let's be honest. He's done a great job. So my job, his job was a lot harder when he came in because the constable's office at that point was stripped down. Mm-hmm. We're talking about all these programs he just touched base on. Mm-hmm. So my job is to make sure that these programs stay intact, that the people that are there stay intact. They'll continue the training. There's always room for improvement. We have to do some better training. They have, I mean, the training's already good, but we can always improve on other trainings. You never stop learning. I've been learning for 23 years, and I'm going to keep on learning. So these programs and the people that are involved in these programs are, for me, so important to keep in place. 
and we can we can grow them. We can, the the biggest problem we have right now is like he was talking about earlier. You know, there's crime coming into into Fort Bend County, Precinct Three. It's growing. It's one of the the best places for schools that are being built. It's a good schools. Uh, the people would love to bring their children here so they can learn. We want to keep this place safe. I want to keep the people that work there safe. I want to keep the people here in Precinct Three safe. That's my main concern. Uh, traffic mobility. It's a big concern because we're growing so fast. There's new homes going up every day. You know, you got you're gonna have accidents. You're gonna have not just crime, but we're gonna try to keep that out, right? Uh, but mobility is a big thing, and that's one of the things that I specialize in: traffic and uh, reconstructing. We wanna, I wanna do like a reconstruction team, accident investigations, uh, fatalities that we can just respond faster, get there faster if it happens in a precinct, uh, and move the accident so traffic can be flowing. But my main concern is to make sure that nobody else comes in and goes backwards. I want to keep it moving forward, not backwards. So there's a lot of room that we can still grow. I mean, I know from firsthand a few days ago that the commissioner wants to make sure that the program stay intact, of course, and that we keep on growing, adding more people, adding more traffic units, adding more investigators. He wants to make it grow because the first concern is the safety of Precinct 3 and the people in it. Yeah. What is the term length for constable? Four years. Four years. Every four years, they run for office and have to uh, get reelected. And it are, is there a term limit? No, there's no term limit. So you can keep, keep running. You that. keep on running as long as you're doing a good job. The people like you. They like what you're doing. You keep on running. Uh, I've seen constables be for 20-some years, you know, so as long as you're doing a good job, you know, that's what I pl plan to do. Yeah, right. Wayne, what else is important for Fort Bend residents to know in terms of why they should vote for Jesse? Yeah, Scott, uh, I'm going to tell you, we have really worked hard over the last three years and I still have 11 months to go and I'm not backing down. Uh, they elected me for four years and they're going to get four years of service. And, uh, you know, many people came to me and said, well, you're going to take it easy this last year. No, I've, I've got two new programs that we're working on right now. I still work 15, 16 hour days and, and weekends. And I go out with my guys on the street too. And I still make all the meetings and, and commissioner's court and work on budgets. And so, when I decided to uh, exit from public safety service, uh, Jesse came to my mind right away because obviously we have had some of the same conversations, some of the same desires with this office, and I trusted Jesse. And to be quite frank, my biggest concern is my people. And when I say my people, I'm not only talking about the folks that I work with and that you could say work for me, but I, I consider it much more working together but also my people, the 270,000 people that I serve. And I think if you do this job right, which many elected officials don't, you, you, you know, those people are family members to me. I know what's going on. I know, I know what the issues are in the community. And this is an important time because we established a new age for the constable's office in Fort Bend. I tell people, you know, we've set the standard and we've led by example. 
And we have done things that have never been done before in the constable's office in history. Uh, one example is our motorist assistance program. Uh, we're only the, it's the only time I came in second place. There's only one other constable's office that does that in Texas, period. Uh, some of these traffic enforcement programs, the SWAT team, because I care about our kids that are in schools that may be subject to these school shootings or churches. And so Jesse has the heart of a servant. You know, Jesse can retire in a matter of months if he wanted to and, and, and be set. He could be done. He's, he's had his time at the county. And uh, I called him and I said, Jesse, you know, people are going to ask you many things. And I, I want to I ask you if you'd run for this spot. And I said, the only thing I, I want you to guarantee me is I don't need any favors. I don't need anything special. Just promise me that you will take care of the people and the programs and the progress that we have already put in place so that it does not go backwards. Too much time and dedication and blood, sweat, and tears has been invested in what we've done in Precinct 3. And I know the community has benefited from those. They tell me that all the time. They, they say, well, what a difference. We see y'all now. You're out getting, you know, getting these criminals off the street. We're taking narcotics off the street. We're taking them out of the schools. We've rescued young girls that were being prostituted and brought here by gang members. Things that you don't think happen in our area are happening, and we've addressed them. They, they were not addressed before. And so it's important that people understand that I believe, and I fully endorse Jesse for this position, because I want those programs and progress to stay in place. And I want the people that we have put there to stay in place at the office and, and the deputies there so that their jobs are secured. One of the other candidates has flat out said on his, on his page that he would remove those programs and that it would basically go back to where we were at three years ago when the last guy that had been there 28 years. Yeah, uh, shocking. And um, uh, so I, I don't want to see that for anyone. You know, I live in Precinct 3. I have to live in Precinct 3, just like Jesse does. If you want to run, we have to live in our precinct. I don't want to see that happen to my community. And so I called Jesse, and it was a, it was a quick phone call. It was a shock to him. He, he didn't know that I was, uh, you know, it, it seemed to be a given that I, that I was going to run again and, and that I'd probably win, and, and I believe that's the case. But um, I also had made some decisions that, that, that uh, I believe it was time for me to do something else, and, and I've had a long history of service, and I'd rather leave on a good note than lose on a bad note. And so we're, we're a winning team, and, uh, and, and Jesse, I believe, is the right person to keep those things in place and, and to work with the others in the area to proceed with the progress that we've made and to not go backwards. It would be devastating to the safety and security of everyone here to take away from what we've done. Very good. Jesse, <clears throat> we'll cover the basics of the election. So the election is March? March 3rd. March 3rd, yes. okay. And um, where can people vote? The normal places, libraries, things like that? or Well, they, they haven't announced yet. Because we just had the special election. And right now they're having to redo everything again, where the voting polls are going to be. But the early voting starts February the 18th. And when the early voting starts, they can go to anywhere that the polls are listed at. And they'll, they'll post on the website, the Fort Bank County website. They'll put all the voting areas they can go to. So when the early voting comes down to it, you can go to any of these polls, right? Mm -hmm. But on March 3rd, 
you have to be you have to go vote in the precinct that you live in, which is precinct three. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, and those those will be also posted as well when the time comes on on March third. Okay. And we, of course, are going to put your information on the Yurkron website. So uh, whatever we didn't cover here tonight, people can learn more about you. And uh, uh, after after that, uh, of course, Wayne has the, the job for another 11 months. How can people stay in touch with you? And, and uh, do, do, you, do you how do you stay in contact with people? Do you have social media or how do you do that? Well, I've done the same thing Wayne's done. <laughs> <laughs> I put my number out there. So my number's there. My website's there. I answer my calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website is really informative. It tells you what a constable does, what the difference between a constable and the sheriff is. It, 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 I pretty much answered almost every question that you, you want to know. I also have the progress that Constable Wayne Thompson has done through the years, the past three years. And so there's a lot of information on my website. I made sure that if you needed to know where your precinct was, if you're registered to vote, it's on my website. Okay. So I want to wrap things up with, um, with you, Jesse. You have volunteered your time for, for so much community work that like we've touched on. Um, the Women's Shelter, Light of America, City of Houston, Thanksgiving Day Meal, Toys for Tots. You've been recognized by Houston Mayor Bill White for exemplary service. You've done so much for the community already. And most important, you're a great person and a great husband and father. Thank you. Great family man. You've been a, a great person, and you have a very impressive resume, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. In your own words, why should Fort Bend residents vote for Jesse Z for Precinct 3? Well, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit. And when Wayne called me and we spoke, I was sick that day. When he called me, I thought he was calling to check up on me, make sure I was okay. He did ask me if I was okay, by the way, just to clarify <laughs> that. And he says, Hey, I need to talk to you. I need your full attention. I said, Okay, you got my full attention. He says, I need you to run for office. I, I didn't ask why. I didn't ask any questions why he was stepping down. I, when he asked me, he says, I need you. I need you to serve. I need you to make sure that my people at Princeton 3 and my community are given the same service I've given them, and I know that you're the person for that job. I didn't hesitate. I know what he's done for Princeton 3 altogether. I know what he's done for the people in his office. So I wasn't going to hesitate. It's like you were talking about that call for service again. He made me feel like I was getting called again for service. Even though I was planning... I was eligible to retire in four or five months. I didn't hesitate because I know that I didn't want anybody else to come in there. And I keep on pounding on that because I want to keep Precinct 3 safe. And I've been a family man. I've been with my wife since I was 19 years old. I have two beautiful daughters and I have a, an amazing son. And I know what it is to try to keep them safe. 
And I want them to, when they walk out that door, that they're safe. You know, as much as I can, any parent can keep their children safe, right? So I want to do the same for the people here at Precinct 3. And I'm still young, you know, I just turned 50, 51, but I'm still strong and healthy. I know I can give back more time. And I know that the work that it involves, because I've seen Wayne, every time I call him, where you at? I'm working. Okay, great. It's nine o'clock at night. I get that. So I know what I'm getting into. With my 23 years of service, of law enforcement, being on the street the whole time, and in my previous business that I've, that I've owned and had and gives me the knowledge to, to do this. But most of all, it's my will to help the people of Precinct 3. That's why I'm doing this. Uh, so there was never a hesitation on my part to do that. Great. Wayne, any final thoughts to wrap up with uh, as far as Jesse Z for Precinct 3? Well, I, I Scott, I, I certainly, this has just been an honor to be on your show this evening and to share the stage with Jesse. Um, you know, this job comes with a level of, of sacrifice and um, to pass the torch is sometimes not easy, you know, especially when, when I know that I could hold on to the torch longer. But um, there's a time for change and there's a time to pass that on. And, and I am just thankful that Jesse was, when I called, that he answered the call. And um, the, the only thing he said is, uh, give me a quick minute to take a shower. That was his only request. <laughs> and, uh, and so th this is um, heartwarming to be able to call upon a friend who I know his heart. I know where his heart is at. I know where his head's at. And I know that he'll come in here as a humble public servant, wanting to do the right thing, not for himself, but for everyone else. And I've always told people this isn't about me. It's not about me. It's not about him. It's about the people. And as long as uh, I'm here for the next 11 months, and I, and I know that when Jesse is successful with his campaign, as long as he's here, that the person that has the right heart will be in place to lead the people that are employed there and to keep the people safe that live there. Scott, I want to add uh, about the importance about these programs. We can't keep these programs in place if we don't vote. We have to get out there and vote. You have to help me get the word out. You have to help me. You call 10 people. Those 10 people will call 10 more people or share my website with them. It's important that Precinct 3 doesn't go back to the old age. We, we can't afford that. These programs are in place because one, Wayne made it happen. Two, the commissioner made it happen as well. And so these programs are not costing the people the money. And when I get in there, no, mostly, most of the time, a, con a constable's uh, allocated a certain amount of money to change cars, do this, do that. Well. I'm not gonna have to do that because I like the uniforms, I like the cars, and everything looks good. We just need to keep these things in place. And we need to make sure that the people that are there are in place.
they're doing a great job. If I didn't believe in this precinct, I wouldn't step up to the plate. But I'm not hesitating. We need to do this. And in order to do this and keep it, we need to vote for Jesse Zamaripa for Constable Precinct 3. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you both for being on your cron tonight. And uh, even though, uh, on a personal note, even though I'm not a, a resident of Fort Bend County anymore, I certainly endorse Jesse for Constable. Jesse has been a great friend to me. It was a privilege to um, be his neighbor for the years that, that I was and uh, attend his workout class. I mean, this guy just volunteers for everything. He had a workout class and, and uh, you know, he kicked our butts, but <laughs> it was it was a good kind of kicking. And uh, but that's just that speaks to, to the heart that you have. And um, and, you know, I, I was inviting you to be on this podcast because I want to do everything I can to get the word out. So I encourage, well, no, I don't encourage. I, I demand my listeners <laughs> to go vote and tell 10 people to go vote on March 3rd. Vote for Jesse Z for Precinct 3. Thank you again, gentlemen. Hey everyone, Scott here to let you know about a special promotion we're having at Your Cron. We are looking for companies that would like to advertise on our podcast. So we are offering advertising space at $25 per podcast. That's only 25 bucks to have your business on a podcast episode. That means every time the episode is played, people are going to hear about your business. And your commercial stays on that podcast forever. So that's a great deal, right? So if you're interested, email me, scott at yourcron.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at Y-O-U-R-C-H-R-O-N.com. Scott at yourcron.com. I would love to hear from you.